Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us bad. My name is Bill. This is episode 34. Thanks for listening. How's your week going, guys? We're doing another one. I'm recording on Thursday night this time. I think last week it was Monday. The week before that it was, I don't know, in 1842. The week before that. It was in a parallel dimension where time has lost all meaning. Point is, we're crazy here at Atari Bytes. We just record whenever the heck we want. So here we are doing it again. What's on the news blotter this week? Uh, oh, this is fun. I have not done a Doctor Who time corner for a while. Because frankly, in this basically year without Doctor Who, there's not a whole lot of Doctor Who news to talk about. But we did get a little tidbit in the last week or so. So it turns out, as a lot of you know, if you care at all about Doctor Who, there are a ton of missing episodes of the show. Uh, Episodes that maybe aired once in the UK, were sold to other markets around the world, particularly the black and white ones from the uh, 60s. The first two Doctors, basically, are the ones where there are a number of them missing, and the tapes were just wiped after they were aired. This was, you know, 50 years ago. No one was thinking in terms of somebody's going to want to watch these over and over again in the future. They aired them. They maybe sold a few copies to other countries. And that was it. So there's a ton of them that are missing. One of the most coveted of those missing stories is an episode, a story, I think it's a four-part story maybe, called Power of the Daleks. This is the debut story for the second Doctor, Patrick Troughton, and... You know, the debut of a new Doctor is always a very interesting thing for fans of the show. And it's um, always been very frustrating that we don't have that to see. Haven't had that to see since the 1960s. The audio is available, and you can listen to that. And some people have put together reconstructions, basically videos of still images from the actual story overlaid um, with the audio track from the story so you can kind of get the feel for what the story was like but of course that's not as good as having the actual video of the show well there was news last week not that they had found the story they have found a number of the stories that were thought to be lost over the years most recently i think in 2013 or 2014 they released enemy of the world and web of fear also second doctor stories that had been found and the video cleaned up and they were released on DVD and everyone's very excited about that. Well, they haven't found Power of the Daleks, unfortunately, but the BBC has commissioned a company to create what, from the tidbits that have been leaked and or officially released on the internet, look to be very good animations of the show. Uh, of, I guess, what, from the stage notes and so forth, one can reasonably guess that the video images actually look like. And that's going to be available for sale, I guess, before the end of the year, probably. So, not as good as having found the lost story, but it's, I guess, a pretty good step. I sort of have mixed feelings about it. Some of the other found stories, they've had to animate an episode or two of the story. And with varying results, those have been pretty good. So, we'll have to see how good this one is. I will, of course, check it out. And any of you who are Doctor fans, Doctor Who fans, should do that, too. All right. Thus concludes Doctor Who Time Corner. I should get a theme for that or something. In other news, this week's Atari Movie Update is 
that there is no Atari movie update. Alright, so we can close up the uh, old news bag and move on to this week's game. This week's game is... Real Sports Football from Atari, 1982. It's fall and football season is upon us. Can't you just smell the pigskin in the crisp autumn air? Pigskin. Mmm, bacon. Anyway, Gridiron is smoking once again as the boys of summer take to the infield. Mighty Casey up to bat. Wait, that's not it. Let me check my notes. Okay, I got it. It's fall and the rafters sing with the echo of sneakers on the hardwood. Swoosh! Nothing but net. Uh, wait, hold on. Damn it. Maybe I should read this here manual of sports ball instructions. Alright, real sports football. There are a lot of instructions here. First one being, Atari welcomes your comments. Please address all correspondence to Atari, Customer Relations, 1312 Crossman Avenue, Sunnyvale, California, 94086. I wonder if that place exists anymore. Okay, I'm pretty sure Sunnyvale, California exists. If it had been wiped off the map, I assume the media would have reported that. Although, I guess you can't really count on that. But I wonder if that customer relations address is there. And if you write a letter now saying you have comments about real sports football, if anyone would answer you. So that's my dare to you listeners out there. And just let me know what sort of response you get. Okay, so there are so many instructions here. There's actually a table of contents. There are seven chapters. So buckle up, boys and girls. Chapter one, introduction. You're the quarterback quarterback of the Atari offensive team, and you're really feeling the pressure. Down by less than a touchdown. In the closing seconds of the game, you have to maneuver the ball into the end zone somehow for the winning score. How will you do it? What do you do, quarterback? What do you do? I added that last part. That was my Dennis Hopper and or Keanu Reeves impression from Speed. But I'm sure you could tell that. Anyway, you could run with the ball and try to evade that wide-ranging middle linebacker. Be careful, though. He's a little bit faster than you, and will catch you over the distance. Fortunately, you've done your homework by practicing your passing in the one-player game against the computer. But this is head-to-head -head competition against a real person, and people aren't always as predictable. It's your ball. Hurry. Time's running out. Can you call the right play and get that touchdown? Chapter 2. Gameplay. Basic rules of football apply, with some modification. You have to earn a lot of money, get lots of concussions, snort some coke, pick up some hookers. Oh, wait. Sorry, I was reading from something else entirely. Anyway, the basic rules of football apply with some modification. Like regular football, the object of Atari Real Sports Football is to score more points than your opponent by getting touchdowns, field goals, and safeties. You advance the ball toward the goal, toward the goal by running and passing according to the plays you select with your joystick controller. Each team has five players, one of which can be controlled by the joystick. You can play against the computer in a one-person game, or you can compete against another person in a two-player game. The clock runs continuously during plays. It stops after incomplete passes, scores, turnovers, dead balls, and when offense calls it play. It resumes at the height. The clock will run down for no more than 30 seconds after the last completed play. If offense has not called its play by this time, the clock will freeze until it resumes at the height. There are no timeouts, no fumbles, no penalties, and no running out of bounds. Each game consists of one 15-minute quarter. Chapter 3. Using the controllers. <laughs> Steady. I know it's coming. Use the joystick controllers with this Atari game program cartridge. Be sure the controller cables... <laughs> it's coming. 
are firmly plugged into the controller jacks at the back of your Atari 2600 video computer system game. For one-player games, use the joystick plugged into the left controller jack, hold the joystick with the red button to your upper left toward the television screen. God, I love that instruction. Anyway, so then they have this little diagram that shows you how to move the joystick, basically. Diagonally up, diagonally to the right, diagonally down, to the right, to the left, so on. Use your joystick to call plays before the height, direct your control player after the height, use the fire button to hike the ball, pass the ball, program a kick play, kick the ball, call up a blitz play. Chapter 4. Console Controls Game Select Switch. You can choose a one-player or two-player game. Press the Game Select Switch until your choice is indicated by the down number on the scoreboard. Game Reset Switch. After you've selected your game, press the Game Reset Switch to begin a new game. Difficulty Switches. The difficulty switches establish the running speed of the control players. The A, or Advanced, switch makes the control player run half as fast as the B, Beginner Switch. The difficulty switches are especially useful as a handicap, so the abilities of two players can be more evenly matched. B is the recommended mode for all players. A should be used as a handicap between unevenly matched players with the, allegedly, stronger player in the A mode. I am just picturing 1982 epic TV room battles between little Mikey and his dopey little brother, Bert, over which of them exactly is the stronger player. I predict, well, predict isn't the right word because it's the past, but I imagine that there were a lot of there may not be a lot of timeouts in the Atari football game, but I imagine there were a lot of timeouts in the Atari households in that era over this issue. But we're moving on. Chapter 5. Calling Plays In the one-player game, you play the blue team, and the computer plays the yellow team competitively against you. Sometimes you are on offense, sometimes on defense. In either case, you only have to call up the play for your side. The computer will select its own play and hike the ball soon after. Well, God, how are we supposed to win if we can't tell the other team what to do. In the two-player game, each person must select a play before the scrimmage can begin. The flashing scoreboard indicates which side has yet to call his play. As soon as both sides have called their plays, the flashing team scores will stabilize, indicating the offense can now hike the ball by pressing the red button. How can the defense call its play until it knows what the offense is going to do? That seems weird. To call plays, move the joystick or push the red button as indicated by figure 2 and 3. Offense. To pass, press the red button and the ball will be thrown toward a pass eligible receiver who is running a prearranged pattern. You can only have one pass eligible receiver in any play. The art of passing is to time his pattern with the arrival of the ball. A key, an art that I have not yet mastered by the way. To kick, you need to press the red button a total of three times. Once to program a kick play before the height. A second time to hike the ball. A third time to actually kick the ball. Field goals and punts are called up in exactly the same way. If you kick close to the goal and the ball goes through the goal posts, the kick will register as a field goal. If the ball misses the goal post, the kick will have functioned as a punt. The ball will be downed where it went dead. Or, if it did enter the end zone, it will come out to the 20 for the next set of plays. There are no punt returns and no blocked kicks. Then it has a little diagram to tell you how to move the joystick to kick the ball. Basically, diagonally left or right, up or down. Defense. Except for the blitz, each of the other four defensive plays offer some kind of defense against a pass. If you call a blitz, the defensive safeties will join the linemen in rushing the quarterback. You then have only your control player to cover the pass and a possible run. Then it shows you how to move the joystick to blitz. Short pass, both safeties covering, move the joystick up. Short pass left, short pass right, 
long pass, both safeties covering. Uh, pull the joystick down. Chapter 6. Scoring. Crossing the defensive team's goal line by running or passing the ball successfully into their end zone is a touchdown. It counts for 7 points, and the ball will automatically be brought out to the 20-yard line to be done the next series of plays. Kicking the ball through the goalpost is a field goal and counts for 3 points, with the ball brought out to the 20. Kicking field goals is random and depends on your proximity to the goal line. If you kick from within the 20, your chances are excellent. If you're beyond the 40, better try something else. Says you, Atari. Maybe I'm an awesome kicker. That's a little presumptuous on your part. Tackling the ball carrier is his own, in his own end zone is a safety and scores two points for the defensive team. They also gain possession of the ball on their own 20-yard line. Chapter 7. Helpful Hints. When you call plays like the short pass left and the long pass left, it is sometimes tricky to move your joystick perfectly along the diagonal line that programs those plays. Try moving your joystick straight up or down first and then shift it toward the diagonal that programs your selected play. Well, I have no idea what any of that meant. After you throw a pass and that quarterback has exited from the TV screen, presumably to go hang out with the cheerleaders? Anyway, joystick controls automatically transfer to the intended receiver. Use the joystick to adjust his position while the ball is in mid-flight, and you may improve your chances of completing a pass. Rolling out toward the side where your receiver runs his pattern is often a good tactic in completing a pass. Ultimately though, successful passing is a matter of good timing. Block passes and interceptions can occur if a defensive player is in the dis direct line of flight of the pass. You cannot throw a pass over a player's head. Again, says you, it is not easy to run against the computer in the one-player game. Your best bet is to use your blockers and tangle up that fleet-footed linebacker at the line while you scurry for yardage. See, the thing is, I played the one-player game, and I ran the ball the whole time. That's the only way I scored anything. Weird. The defensive control player is a hair faster than the ball carrier, so he can make the tackle over the short run. But if you can manage to get a decent enough head start, you've got yourself a long gainer and maybe a touchdown. I guess maybe that's what I did. I mean, that's exactly what I did. Of course. Everybody knows that. Wow, that's it. That's the instructions. I am exhausted now. I've read novels that were shorter than that. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm not a big sports guy. As a teenager, I golfed a little. And into college I did too, until I realized that I was broke and not good enough to justify the expense of golfing. I did one season on a softball team like 15 years ago. I can do a pretty decent game of backyard catch. And I don't watch a lot of sports on TV or really follow any particular team. And as far as sports video games, well, my kid and I like to play the Intellivision Baseball, but that's about it. But it is fall. Well, fall-ish. It was 90 uh, today as I record this. Football is in the air, though, literally and figuratively. And I've got this game in my stack, so let's do this. After the break, hut one, hut two, hut three. Heaven, there is no beer, that's why we drink it here. And when we're gone from here, our friends will be drinking all their beer. It's game day, woo! Got my licensed team jersey, got my $8 beer, got my $12 hot dog, 
I have not yet been puked on by the drunk college kids behind me. Life is good. It's a crisp snap in the air, which is either autumn or that old drunk guy I saw coming down the stairs behind me, slipping and breaking a light. Not really sure. Point is, let's get on the gridiron or something like that. Anyway, play ball or whatever you say to start a football game. Wow, that's really weird start music for a football game. Not music, but a start noise. Okay, I'm blue team. Computer is yellow team. I have the ball. A one, a two, a three. Which my seven-year-old son informs me are the only things you can say when you hide your ball. On three. Ooh. No, leave me alone. The little bit that I've played this football game, I've discovered that my passing game sucks, so right now I'm running the ball at downfield, there is nobody near me, I'm past the 30, the 20, the 10, touchdown, woo, now I'm even doing a touchdown dance, I am awesome, alright, yellow team has the ball, hike, get that guy, get that guy, got him, where'd he go, really, when yellow team has the when yellow team has the ball, it's really hard to see it because the ball is also yellow. Football field is green enough, I guess. For some reason, the stripes are yellow, too, which is a little weird for a football field, but whatever. All right, I have the ball again. Seven zip. Try and tell it that I want to kick. There it goes. Boom. But then it always gives the ball back to the other team right away, even though nothing really happened. I don't get it. Where'd that guy go? Got him. Got him again. Ugh. Got him again. Let's just count the concussions. Oh! He tricked me. He kicked the ball. Ah, my ball now. Two can play that kicking game. Boom! Eat that. Another touchdown! Yeah! Suck it! Alright. I don't know jack about football, but I'm kicking this computer's ass. Oh. My ball again. Boom! Oh, yeah, my passing game's awful. Shoot, I should just run it. I'm going for it. Oh, I tripped. Ran into the yellow guy myself. I am my own worst football enemy. My ball again. Alright, I'm just gonna run it. I just gonna get one more touchdown before the end of this field report. 
Yes! Yes! 20 zip! Alright. I'm headed for the showers. Gonna dump some Gatorade on myself. Gonna go kiss some reporters. And make out with anyone who wants to make out with a video game football star. Back to you in the studio. The mini review for this game, Real Sports Football, is a little harder than some of them. Because while I know the basics of football, I haven't played a lot of football video games. So it's difficult to judge gameplay of Real Sports Football against other games. I will say though that it didn't take long tonight messing around with this game to kind of get the idea of how this works. I got pretty decent at running the ball. Kicking it when I actually wanted to kick it is getting better. It's still sort of a surprise to me when I can actually do it. I'm still mystified by the passing game, calling the plays. You know, some of it is maybe my limitations with my football skill. Some of it, I think, is the less than crystal clear way in which you call a play by moving the joystick a certain way. It, it, there's not a whole lot to look at on screen. So maybe with a more practice that I, I could get that part. And maybe some of you who have more of a working knowledge of football anyway might be more obvious to you. So I'm not going to downgrade my review of the game based on that by itself because because it may just be my limitations with the sport. What I see on screen looks okay. I do wish that, you know, if you're going to have a blue team and a yellow team, that the football was not also yellow. And it's a little off-putting that the yard lines are yellow instead of white. That part's not a big deal, but it's just a little off-putting. The scoreboard, the uh, numerals in the scoreboard are white, so I'm not sure why the yard lines can't also be white. But that's a small quibble. If you like sports video games, you like Atari games, it's probably worth a couple of bucks to go find a cartridge and mess around with it. But what we want to know for this show is, is there a story in this game? This, on one level, should be easy, right? Because every sports story follows the same set of tropes. Disadvantaged or loser or misanthropic player or team or coach is the laughing stock of the league. There's a girl, an orphanage, an illness, an evil team owner, a dirty land developer, a jerk-filled opposing team that motivates the losers to get their stuff together. Then things are starting to hit their stride, things are coming together, and some sort of setback occurs. The star player is injured, the coach has a heart attack, the opposing team cheats, the loan on the ball field comes due, some sort of crisis that threatens to derail all the progress that they've made. Somehow though, the team manages to pull together and win the championship or the $50,000, or the deed to the property so that the donkey sanctuary can continue operations. Whatever it is. Then the movie, or the book, or the show ends, perhaps with some sort of pop music-filled victory party or parade scrolling over the end credits. There's your sports story. We've all seen that movie, and there's no need to go that well again. Though Hollywood most certainly will, over and over. The way Hollywood loves sports movies, and the way they love superhero movies, I think it's probably inevitable that we're going to get a superhero sports movie. I'm trying to think of it, there was, what was it, Real Steel? That Hugh Jackman thing with the robot boxer? So I guess maybe we've already had that, sort of. If you can think of any other superhero sports movies that exist, or that you would like to see in your own imagination, drop me a line and let me know. Alright, but basically, the basic plot of a sports movie has been done over and over again. 
so I'm going to try and take a different approach. Instead, I think we should focus on the one vital character that all of these other stories overlook. So now I present to you a tale of struggle, a tale of triumph, a tale of snatching victory from adversity, a tale, in short, of real balls. Here's the introduction, the setup for the story. Peter Punty Ballington's father was a set of white walls on a Ford Fairlane. Her mother was a seat covers on the bar stools in a Woolworth soda fountain, back when there were soda fountains, and also when there were Woolworths. Punty's parents had always hoped she would go into the service industry, like them. But Punty dreamed of following her brothers into the entertainment industry. One brother regularly appeared in a series of comic episodes, punking this round-headed kid into thinking he could kick a football, only to have it pulled away at the last minute by this really mean girl so the kid screamed to land a flat on his back every single time. For like decades. Punty's other brother hit the big time on a pro football team before being mired in some sort of controversy where some of the balls were allegedly deflated, which evidently was against the rules. After a series of temporary gigs in bounce houses and ball toss games at Dave and Buster's, Punty herself landed a gig in Real Sports Atari Football. She thought she'd hit the big time. The world was her oyster. Oysters, by the way, if you kind of squint, look a little bit like footballs. Okay. So that's the setup for our story. That's the approach we're taking. Punty, the football, is our hero, our protagonist. Now things are going to start to happen. We got some rising action coming up in here. Punty's life was awesome. Soaring through the air, blasting downfield on a pass by the blue team. Doing the yellow bellow as the yellow team propels her to the opposing end zone for yet another touchdown. The yellow bellow is the chant the yellow team's fans shout out. Punty loved to shout it out as loud as she could, too, though no one could understand her, given that no one actually speaks football. Then one day, after games upon games of living the good life, one day, while warming up for the video game Super Bowl, Punty noticed some sinister computer bites in 8-bit suits standing on the sidelines pointing at her. What could be going on? Alright, we're about to have our conflict come in. We're going to identify who our antagonist is, and stuff's going to get real. This would be, in other words, the climax. Punty's boys on the yellow team are up. Or maybe it's the boys on the blue team. Few people know that footballs are colorblind. And the scoreboard is no help. Footballs can't do math. But then this guy, one of the guys in the 8-bit suits, comes over and tells Punty they're kicking her out. Not like kicking a field goal. Like, she can't be in the game anymore. Turns out, regulation footballs are 28 to 30 centimeters long. Whatever that means. You know, numbers again. Fairlane tires are among the smallest of the classic car tires, so height doesn't exactly run in Punty's family. She's just too short to be a football. Punty's career in video games seems to be over. Dun dun dun. So, that's it. We had the climax, and in this story, Punty lost. But did she really lose? Or did life just kick an opportunity field goal in her direction because in the falling action punty scored another touchdown it sounded kind of like this punty was offered a gig as the power pellet on the upper left side of level two in miss pac-man in the miss pac-man atari port the pac-man port that people actually like so now, as our story concludes, we hit the resolution denouement. 
and we find out that Punty is up for a part as a missile in the upcoming Atari Missile Command movie. And I'm not jealous at all. Anyway, roll the thing. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. Show notes are available at ataribytes.libsyn.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Send me a picture of uh, a drawing of what you think a storyboard for the superhero sports movie would look like. Or a tagline. Or, you know, whatever. Send me a comment. Send me a recipe for oysters. Whatever. You can like the show on our Facebook page. You can follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. You can find Atari Bytes on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, which is new apparently. I thought iHeartRadio had picked up the show a long time ago, but I just got noticed this week that they just picked it up. So it's there. And it's available in many other places too, including, of course, iTunes, where you should leave a review. Or I'll send out some Atari linebackers to to persuade you to reconsider the decision not to do so. But we don't want to go there. We're all friends here, right? Also, you can support the show financially on our Patreon page or by picking up Atari Bytes merch at our Zazzle.com store. And if you have time, you know, like maybe during halftime of all these football games that are going to be on now, check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. I hear it's pretty darn good. Next time on Atari Bytes. Oink! So, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.